it was slow to show up on my feed too, so it might be like that for everybody. Okay. Bunch of tank jobs tonight, huh? <laughs> yeah, what a weird day, man. Man. What a weird day. Every team played, and I think we got, like, two good games out of that. Yeah, well, uh, the, that uh, Warriors game certainly was entertaining. Yeah, uh, that was a good one. They've, the, the, you know, part of the reason why they've been such a um, – you know, I did a uh, – after, after Warriors Twitter was waxing eloquent about all of the – ratings uh uh stuff yesterday and about how step is the only draw in the nba i did a little bit of digging and basically coming into this stretch uh the lakers were the biggest draw in the league uh but during during this crazy hot streak step has been on in the last you know month or so yeah um, uh he's had like five of the 10 most watched games this mm-hmm. year um and i think a big part of that is just High stakes. Every game for them matters. They were literally in a situation where they needed to win all these games to avoid being in the nine seed, you know? Right. And, and I think couple that with, you know, with how amazing Steph is and, and everything else associated with it, it just, you know, it's must-see TV, you know? Yeah, it reminds me of Portland last year, right? They just had to, like, win out um, from the bubble, and that's kind of where they were going as well. They played, like, three straight. <laughs> they're going to play, like, three straight playoff games. Tonight was one. Um, obviously the the playing game as well so yeah, mm-hmm. exciting games for them exactly and, and uh, obviously we're not going to talk about ratings tonight but uh, <laughs> uh but I, I i i always say that you know the biggest issue with nba ratings is a lack of urgency and the warriors just played with a hell of a lot of urgency all year and it was it was must see but anyway i think we got enough to get started here uh welcome everybody to the state of the lakers post game show um, we're not going to talk too much about this game, tonight's game, on account of the fact that the Lakers once again gave probably sub-50% effort, <laughs> especially right. on the defensive end of the, the ball. We'll touch on a couple things, um, but our primary goal for tonight is to really deep dive into a Warriors-Lakers play-in game on Wednesday, which now all of a sudden carries a ton of importance because – since Denver tanked, and because of the fact that the Clippers tanked, now all of a sudden, the the Lakers are in a bracket that includes Phoenix and Portland and Denver, if they can win on Wednesday. Uh, what that means is they have a favorable matchup against Phoenix, a team that cannot guard Anthony Davis, as we saw last week, and a team that the Lakers would probably be heavily favored against in a playoff series. And then a second round series against either Portland, who is probably the most flawed of all of the West playoff teams that are in the top eight, and Denver, who's missing their second best player. So as it shakes out, Wednesday becomes incredibly important, not only to avoid the single elimination game that could take place on Friday, but also for the Lakers to stay on the proper side of the bracket. Um, And they can do so just by taking care of business. And so we're going to really dive into into that Wednesday game because it's so important. But before we get there, Raj, is there anything you want to touch on from tonight's uh, uh, wreck pickup game between the New Orleans Pelicans and the Los Angeles Lakers? Uh, yeah, I had a few things kind of written down. I think I stopped writing after the second <laughs> after the second half started. Uh, you could tell <laughs> it really it really got to just an open gym 
run, but I thought LeBron just looked amazing. Like he came out and he looked like he was actually playing pretty hard that first quarter up until the up until the half at least. Um, he was posting up pretty nicely. He was moving well. He was blowing up plays defensively. Like I just haven't seen him defend like that since he came back. Right, mm-hmm. like he was just catching balls out of the air. Like they were trying to do weak side passes. He was blowing up the pick and roll. Um, he looked he looked awesome. He looked as fast as ever. Um, in transition. Uh, how about you? Did you see that as well from LeBron? I thought he was like the huge story tonight. He looked really good on a back-to-back, right? Like I didn't expect him to play this much, especially play that second half. There was a little scare at the end there, but um, yeah, he looked he looked awesome. Did you see that as well from him? Yeah, so first uh, about the scare, um, you know, on replay, it looked like after he did the spin and he came down, he yeah. landed all his weight on that left leg. And his right foot did touch, uh, uh, I can't even remember who the defender was, but it did come down on a foot, but it didn't look like he had any, any weight on it. So, And then after yeah. the play, he was kind of smiling and laughing around. So I think LeBron is fine. I think he was just pulling a little bit of classic LeBron melodrama on the, along the baseline there. Um, uh, but that said, all, all in all, I thought he looked amazing physically. And that's literally all you can ask for because the polished stuff is going to come in time. I mean, hell, yeah. even when LeBron is at his absolute peak, he has a tendency to be kind of sloppy at the beginning of a playoff series. So that's just kind of part of the deal. You just want him to be physically capable of defending and doing the things that he needs to do physically in the post and getting to the rim, you know, the stuff that he can rely on even when his jumper's not falling and when his handle's a little sloppy, like that kind of thing. And I thought there were two plays to me that kind of showed that. One was the play that I think you're referencing in the first half where he just literally shot out of a cannon to jump into that passing lane. And, and went down the floor for like a, a right-handed layup where he was jumping at like a 45-degree angle from the rim and still finished. Like just an unbelievable uh, defensive, you know, pick six. And then there was the play where he kind of tiptoed along the baseline uh, where he caught the ball in transition along the right wing. And he, tur- he caught it at the three-point line and turned and drove. And uh, the defender tried to kind of shut off the baseline, but he left a little bit of a gap. And LeBron just kind of like – sidled along the side uh, you know right along the baseline without stepping out of bounds and made a reverse layup and that is an example of a play that you know him having really good ankle stability uh would be necessary for him to be able to pull that off and so both Anthony Davis and LeBron looked great physically and I think that's literally all you can you know take away from this particular game yeah I thought AD was moving well he just his jumper wasn't going uh, he looked like yeah. very much he was trying to get through this game healthy right like you could tell his intensity um wasn't great either uh, another thing I read, wrote down here is uh, I thought Drummond looked pretty well pretty good tonight right like I, I just I was thinking like his speed at his size it really shows up next to LeBron and AD right like you don't really see it when he's not playing with them but tonight mm-hmm. I thought he was a force like he had a few of those misses at the rim I think he was like six for 11 and again those five misses feel like 15 because <laughs> just how easy they look but he was dunking a lot of the a lot of the baskets and and we talked about this yesterday, like the spacing, um, the spacing issue, right? I thought they figured that out a little bit better tonight. Like Dennis Schroeder also looked like he was moving better. And I think that helped. They found uh, Drummond on a lot of like dump off, uh, dump off passes at the rim. And he was moving well. He was able to cut off kind of screens and uh, just was a force down low. I think he had like 10 rebounds before halftime. So I thought he played well. Um, and he was pretty, he's going to be pretty situational as well. But did you see that too? That, that's mostly the other thing I had written down from this game. Not much to take from it, but I thought Drummond also, like his speed and his at that size, it just looks really good next to LeBron and AD, two other just freaks um, at, at their positions, right? So when you have those two plus him, uh, you could tell New Orleans had a tough time trying to like box him out. Uh, he, re- he really gave them problems down low. Uh, do you see that as well? 
from them. Yeah, yeah. So I actually thought they had an interesting wrinkle with him in the dunker spot where they kind of spaced him a little bit further away from the rim. I don't know if you right. noticed that, but like, yeah, for sure. You know, one of the things that I think we've noticed with Drummond and his athleticism is he's not really he doesn't really have a ton of pop like from a straight vertical the way that someone like Montrez Harrell does you know yeah. what I mean and, and so they kind of had him stand almost like 15 feet away on the baseline and as the the action would take place he would kind of load up and you know if the ball didn't come to him he would you know just go for a rebound but it, then if he was able to catch he had so much momentum going towards the rim that he actually had more of a traditional you know, uh, uh, above the rim type of center presence down there just because he had his momentum going towards the rim. Um, but I agree with you. And, and uh, obviously, like, the, the biggest thing that we're going to pay attention to um, uh, with him is whether or not he can be impactful defensively when everybody's engaged. And unfortunately, we didn't get a fantastic look at that in the last two days. Right. Uh, but, but, but I still think he's going to have, uh, have some moments in the postseason for sure. Yeah, that's a good point on that, like him getting momentum going to the rim. Like he's not a good, like just straight up dunker, right? But like uh-huh. Schroeder would find him, he's running from not the corner, but like that mid corner where he can kind of go in and, and catch and dunk. And uh, I guess the only last thing I thought, I thought Dusal looked great. And I felt like this was like a playoff rotation, I felt like. Um, I know Ben Malcolmore's your guy, but he got, <laughs> I don't think he played tonight. Is that right? Uh, I didn't see him. So yeah, so I he, didn't, he didn't play so. tonight. And I felt felt like they put a lot of playoff lineups out there. Um, I would like to see Gasol kind of stay with that second unit. He really opens things up. And, uh, yeah, I think that was it really from tonight after that second half, um, especially with Denver just absolutely tanking um, tanking that game. Uh, there's not really much to take from here. Uh, but do you have anything else from, from this game? No, I think we're good. So, so basically, you know, as like a rounding assessment here at the end of the regular season, yeah. the, the, there's one thing that we were hoping to see, and that was that they would be healthy. And, and, and everyone appears to be healthy. And, and you know, LeBron, uh, I still think, like, like even on that little spin move layup he had at the end of the game to get to his 25 points per game streak that he was obviously chasing, uh, when he made that move, he, doesn't, he still doesn't quite look, you know, as, as powerful and explosive in that move as you would hope. So it's not like he's 100% by any stretch of the imagination. But I think LeBron and AD are where you would hope they would be physically, given the circumstances. And so really it, the, the, that, the, everything else about the team, like the fact that they haven't played great defense in the last couple of games, those sorts of things I think are really relevant for this play-in game, uh, but, but less relevant for the, the, the coming playoff matchups because they'll have more time to kind of figure that out. But So I, I, I dug in a little bit to the, the numbers from this season from Lakers-Warriors. Some of it, you know, most of it, to be honest, you got to take with a grain of salt because – you know, in the three matchups that the Lakers had, two of which they blew the Warriors out and one that they blew them out and blew the lead. Uh, those three games were all before this recent stretch where the Warriors have looked fantastic. The Warriors have won 15 of their last 20 games. And during that stretch, they've kind of unlocked a formula that works. And so I don't necessarily think that you can look at this as just the Lakers are going to destroy them because they destroyed them this year. The, the, the Warriors are a little bit better now than they were during that stretch. Um, if you look at the numbers in their matchups this year, they destroyed them with LeBron on the floor. They destroyed them with LeBron off the floor. They destroyed them with Steph on the floor. They destroyed them with Steph off the floor. There's really nothing you can take from that. Uh, the only thing that I looked at from this year's matchups 
was because uh, I, I was curious as to whether or not other than Andrew Wiggins, if the Warriors had anybody to throw at LeBron. And the only name that came to mind was Juan Toscano Anderson, um, who's another big bruising forward um, who has the ability to at least not get completely physically dominated by LeBron. And in those minutes, he had some success against LeBron. Um, and we'll dive into that a little bit here in a minute. But the point being, I'm not sure that you can take too much from what you've seen in the Laker-Warrior matchups this year. What do you think about the, about the minutes they've played this year? Yeah, I mean, I think there are still a few things you can take, but I think the size advantage is still there, right? Like, like they beat them up on the boards. Um, I think they had 14 offensive rebounds against them. In February, they won the rebounding uh, matchup like 46 to 30 or something uh, back in March. That, that's still there for them. And then also, mm-hmm. like, look, the Warriors are going to go to Steph Curry, right? Like, that's pretty much what they're going to go to still um, in this playing game. They have some other guys that are playing well. Jordan Poole, I thought, played really well tonight. Uh, Juan Toscano Anderson, like, he's a nice piece for them. But the Lakers are going to try to take away Steph Curry. And I still think they have, like, the pieces to do that. Now, look, they're playing a lot better. They have a top-five defense. I don't think they did when they played um, the last time, back in March or mm-hmm. February. But they've been a pretty good defensive team all year. They moved more to Draymond at the five, right? I guess that's kind of the ad- adjustment you have to um, kind of look for there. But they still have the guards that are going to chase Steph. That's stuff you can take. AD didn't play in the last game, last one, if I remember correctly. I think AD played against them. Or he didn't play in the last two, actually. So he didn't play against them in February or March. And the Lakers won by over 20 in those two matchups. So I still mm-hmm. think there's things you can take. The Warriors are definitely playing better. And in a one-off, it's totally different than a series. Uh, we talked about that a lot. But that's what I would take from it. The size advantage. And now the Lakers added, adding Drummond. They're kind of adding on to that. Side, size advantage with the Warriors losing Wiseman too, right? Now they're playing better without Wiseman, but still they, they lose that size down low. Now Draymond's an amazing five, amazing center. I just don't know if they'll be able to keep them off the glass. That, that's how the Lakers won those two matchups. They beat them up on the boards, a lot of offensive rebounds, a lot of points in the paint. And that's how they beat them up by 20. That's the thing I would take, I guess. Um, the other things I'm not too much sure, but but they can definitely still win that size advantage that they have over the Warriors. Mm-hmm. I agree. And that'll be the interesting thing to see is, is whether or not the Warriors are capable of going small. Uh, right. I'm, I'm going to read a couple of uh, uh, just a couple of lineups. I, I, I went into the NBA.com database and I just ran the last 20 games. So just this stretch where the Warriors are 15 and five and their most used lineup by a mile with uh, 206 minutes played. The next closest is 48 minutes. So the the lineup they lean on the most is Steph Curry, Kent Bazemore, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, and Kevon Looney. So they actually are playing a five for the most part, um, at least most often uh, yeah. in these minutes, which I think is important because I think the Lakers, I agree with you in the sense that I think this is a series where the Lakers can lean on their size. And I think it's a series that's going to force uh, the Warriors to play bigger. Um, that lineup that I just mentioned in their 206 minutes is plus 6.7 per 100 possessions. And they're okay on offense and they're really good on defense. And that's to be expected because with Kevon Looney on the floor, it just makes it hard to play four on three uh, off of those Steph double teams. There's just, they just don't have as much offensive talent on the floor. Their best lineup that played over 30 minutes in this 20-game stretch was Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Kent Bazemore. Juan Toscano Anderson and Michael Mulder, which is a small ball team. But again, Mm -hmm. that's that guy that I was telling you about Juan Toscano Anderson, putting him at the four allows him to guard LeBron, which allows you to play Draymond at the five, 
which unlocks a lot of stuff for them. That lineup for them is plus 16.8 per 100 possessions in 35 minutes over this 20-game span. And in the minutes that LeBron and JTA have shared the floor this year, he's 3 for 7 from the field, 0 for 2 from 3. And if you take his scoring on a per 36 basis, he scores at a rate of about 14.4 points per game, which is pretty low. Um, so that's a really small sample size. I think it was 15 minutes. So if there's a if there's a path to success there, it's them going small, trying to put JTA on LeBron and hoping that that allows them to play more freely offensively because Kevon Looney's off, not on the floor. And it just kind of opens up a bunch of things for them to be good on both ends. But I agree with you. I think it's all going to come down to whether or not if the Lakers play Drummond and, uh, and Davis or if they play Marcus Allen Davis, will the, the Warriors be able to just avoid being completely physically obliterated? Yeah, and if you saw tonight, I mean, uh, Jonas Valanciunas got uh, 29 and 16. I mean, and he's just not that tight. He's, I mean, he's a good center, good bruising center, but he's not Anthony Davis and also Andre Drummond being able to play uh, next to them. And I just look at their lineup. Like, they played, I think, eight guys today, right? So, I mean, they're going to have to throw probably Wiggins on LeBron pretty much full-time, Draymond on AD, and I just don't think that'll keep up through a – through a full game uh, again Steph can get hot right there but that's what they'll have to go to they're trying to they're going to try to win the math game I guess right they're going to shoot a bunch of threes um Steph caught 36 shots tonight and I just don't I just don't feel like the Lakers would kind of allow him to get get up that many shots um Memphis was kind of having trouble trying to stay with him right like he would give it to Draymond and he'd get like an easy cut off and and he they'd like they'd use that almost every time on them um they did not see that coming all those split cut actions uh they had Looney throwing it into the post and then he just comes set a set come set a screen for Steph. I just don't see that working uh, against the Lakers in a full series. Now, again, Steph can just go insane. He can just shoot off uh, and go ISO against AD, uh, against the switches. But I just don't think that'll, that'll keep up in a full uh, in a full game. Like, through 48 minutes, um, they blow him out three times this year, or two times this year. The one time that they didn't, um, they were up 20 and just kind of let the gas off the pedal. But I guess we can kind of go to, like, how the Warriors would kind of win this game if, that, if we want to go through there. It would basically be Steph going berserk, right? And I guess Draymond... Uh, hitting, he didn't hit three tonight, but I guess him taking those threes. I think they're going to make like guys like Andrew Wiggins, Cam Bazemore, um, Juan Toscano, Anderson. Like they're going to have to prove to them they're going to make shots. Lakers are really good at trapping, uh, trapping ball screens and kind of making other guys beat them. I think they're the best like off-ball defense team uh, in the league, where especially if AD and LeBron are kind of engaged. Um, what do you see from that? Like, what's your what's your way of the Warriors? I guess winning um, that playing game uh, on on Wednesday. Yeah, so let's let's because I want to I want to dive into both sides of the ball, and I think I think the method in which the Warriors would beat the Lakers would involve them really disrupting and stagnating the Laker offense with their defense. So in a scenario where they'd win, it'd be the type of game where you know two minutes left in the first quarter, the Lakers call a timeout because they're down you know twenty two to ten because for whatever reason. You know, there's just no space on the floor and Drummond is blowing up all the little handoffs and stuff to to Drummond under the basket. Uh, Draymond Green, I mean, is blowing everything up under the basket. And Wiggins Mm -hmm. is doing a good job on LeBron, just kind of containing him. But at the same time, there's like no driving lanes because there's a lack of spacing. And, you know, maybe KCP got a couple of contested looks, but they're not great. Like that to me is the pathway to, to the Warriors winning is just an excellent defensive performance. And they're an excellent defensive team. And yeah. th- that is 100% in the cards with this team is them just really, really putting up an incredible defensive effort 
stagnating the Lakers, a team that has been prone to that this year, especially when they play a five next to AD. And so, and so that to me is, is where it would start. And to me, it all comes down to, because Draymond Green is going to be just fine in a matchup against Anthony Davis. And Kevon Looney is going to be just fine in a matchup against, uh, uh, against any of the Lakers centers that they throw out there. And when I say just fine in terms of Draymond, I mean, he's going to make it work. Like, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to look like what it did against the Suns, where AD's just getting everything he wants, and, like, the people on the couch watching at home are like, this is violence, what's happening here. That's not what's going to happen with Draymond. Like, it's going to be work. Like, AD might make some shots, but it's not going to be easy. And so if Wiggins can hold his own in that matchup against LeBron and just not get completely, you know, destroyed to the point where they have to send reckless double teams and LeBron can pick them apart, I think things could stagnate. And if they do, that would be the recipe where the pressure creeps in a little bit, all the role players get sweaty palms and things start to get a little bit tougher. And then it just becomes one of those games where all of a sudden you're middle of second quarter and you're like, oh, this is going to be a close one. You know what I mean? And, and so I think it all starts for the Warriors on the defensive end. Yeah, and I think our guys are going to have to hit open shots, right? Guys like KCP, Dennis Schroeder, who hit uh, a few threes tonight, they're going to have to hit their open looks, especially if we start Andre Drummond. Um, that lane is going to be clogged. But I guess my only question with that is that um, if Kevon Looney and Draymond Green, they're going to do a nice job, I guess, um, in isolation against them. But can they stop, like, LeBron James from attacking the rim? Can they stop Dennis Schroeder from getting to the basket? Can they stop Andre Drummond and Anthony Davis from attacking the offensive rebounds? I guess that's, like, my question there. Now, look, the Lakers go cold, and, like, Steph is going going crazy from three. That really opens everything else up for them. But I just think the Lakers have really good guards, uh, KCP, Alex Crusoe. They're going to try to try to make it really tough on Steph, right? You're not going to stop him. Just make him work. Um, now, I think make him shoot like 40 times. I think that is kind of making him work a little bit. But uh, they're going to try to take those away, trap him a little bit harder, make Draymond kind of make that four-on-three passes to base more and guys like that. But, yeah, the, I guess that's the way that the Warriors could, could, could steal one, right? Again, this game, I believe, is in, uh, is in L.A. But still, um, they, that's the way they can steal. If Steph's going hot and then their, their shooters are making shots, base more, guys like that um, can, can stop them. But my, th- my only thing with that is it, they have to take away the rim because LeBron's going to try to attack the rim. Anthony Davis is going to try to get to the rim. Um, that's the only way um, that they'll win this game. If they're able to take away that, then they have a chance. The Lakers shooters can go cold. Um, they don't have any awesome great shooters on the team, but those dudes can go cold. I guess, do you see that as well? That's kind of the way this goes. The Lakers kind of go cold. Again, in a one-game sample, that's why I wanted to stay out of this playing thing, uh, not being scared of the Warriors, but just, just – Putting this up to one game is just, it's just really tough. Um, but is that kind of what you see as well? Just them kind of going cold. And uh, that's, that'll be the way the Warriors can win this one. Yeah, so l- let's, let's shift to that same matchup and focus kind of on, on the Lakers here for a second. Because the role players hitting shots is definitely an important part of it. I 100% agree with you. It's definitely going to be – let's put it this way. If the role players are making shots for the Lakers, I think they take care of it comfortably. Uh, at the end of the day, I – when I say Wiggins holds his own against LeBron, I just mean like he's physically capable of at least not getting entirely destroyed because we all know LeBron's going to get by. Him. It's just a matter of what else is open there. And so what I think, what I think is going to be really key to watch is especially in a play in format is how quickly is Frank willing to pull on a center. If it looks like it's going to be one of those, that's going to be the, 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 of this game because if it is a game where the Warriors have a lead in the first half and the scoring numbers are very low it's going to hit the under that kind of game and it's clearly for all of us watching because of a stagnant you know lack of space to operate for their two best players and 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 they continue to play 
that's a huge concern for me in that play-in type of, of format. I think it's so important that Frank reads the writing on the wall. Middle of the second quarter, Warriors are really hanging around or even have a lead. You know, Drummond's kind of clogging things up. Gasol, Trez, they're clogging things up or whatever it is. I really, really hope that, that, that Frank is not so down, so to speak, and that he understands the, the threat uh, of what could happen with, against a really good defense. Because with the Pacers the other night, even for an average defense, when they lock in at the end of a game and Drummond's on the floor, it's like, here come a bunch of LeBron shots because there's just nothing open in pick and roll because there's always a third defender involved and because there's no opportunity for LeBron or AD to bully their way to the rim on account of the lack of space to operate. So I, I, I Frank is aware of the fact that in a one-game setting, you have to be quicker with that plug than he would in a playoffs he can game the world. Right. I, I think he's going to treat this as like a uh, do or die game. Like, I don't think they want to go and, and lose this game and then go play that, that one game for your season against whoever uh-huh. wins against uh, Memphis and San Antonio. And then it's stuff that we've talked about all, um, this whole season, I guess, uh, this whole second half of the season, at least. I can bring it back, I guess, to tonight. Um, I thought the rotations tonight were very much playoff playoff level rotations. We saw no Trez tonight. Um, I think Trez can kind of play against the Warriors, actually. I think that's a team maybe you can play, play against. Uh, they don't have that many. Uh, centers, but again, I think Drummond will get a quick pull um, if if they're down. Uh, Marcus Saul will probably get minutes against the Warriors, and that'll be a nice team for him to play. And then Anthony Davis at the five, we'll probably see a lot more of that, right? Um, on on Wednesday, uh, mm-hmm. just, especially if it's a winning time. I think they'll still start with Drummond, see how the game goes, see how the flow is going. But I think it'll be a quick pull for sure. We'll see a lot of KCP, a lot of Caruso, a lot of Kuzma, um, a little bit of Wes Matthews. But from there, I think the rotation will be pretty much kind of what it was tonight, right? A few THT minutes maybe not too much, and just stick with that 8-9 month rotation. Uh, you can't mess around with this. I think they want to get that, at least get that game and then get the rest till till round one. Um, but you, would you see that as well? A lot of AD at the five, probably. I mean, that's really what Bogle can go to, right? And then he has all those centers to kind of uh, rotate around. I just think that that's what he'll he'll go to if, it, if they're down. They won't really keep with Drummond or if Drummond can't stay up. But I actually think, like, against the Warriors, he kind of, that's kind of his skill set, being able to switch up top. That's what Drummond kind of does. Right. He's not really a big lob taking away center. But against Steph, I think that uh, obviously Steph kills everybody. But uh, that's kind of the type of archetype of player that he can play against. But we'll see. Um, we'll see. But I'm pretty sure Vogel will have a, have a pretty quick pull on, on Wednesday. Yeah, he needs to. It's, again, like right. basket, basketball games have a tendency to slip away rather quickly. Like it can fall apart quick. And you could put yourself in a position just like against Denver last year in game three where, yeah, you start trying. You come back and you get back into the game, but then you have no leg. And that's fresher who let their foot off the gas can put you away. Like you have to grab him by the throat from the start. And if you sense it slipping away at all, you've got to go to your ace in the hole because there is no second chance. And we, as we've discussed at length already, it is so important that they get seven, eight, not only the chaotic single elimination game on Friday, but just because of the opponent's, along the way with LeBron and AD. This is such an important game, so there's no point in pulling any punches in any way whatsoever. But let, let's get to the defensive end. And so this, uh, the, the, uh, uh, what the Warriors do extremely well. Basically what they've done is they've given Steph the ultimate fight, or at least they've gotten him to mentally accept 
Smith green light in a way that he didn't earlier in the season. He's shooting considerably more now than he did in the first half. And it's been a big part of the reason successful. They're basically just living and dying on high volume, even double and triple teams. He just, you can have a double team on Steph, 20 seconds of a possession, but you let him slip and you get beat. It literally happened to the Jazz the other night. They phenomenal job guarding him. Offensive rebound, someone got detached from Steph. Steph got a three and it beat them. You know, that that's the way they're operating. They're just waiting for you to slip. So it's going to be so important for the players to not have the mistakes that have plagued them at even in the postseason last because it's just slip ups where Steph's going to be ready because he's an elitely He's an elite conditioned athlete. He's not going to get tired. If you leave him open, he's going to be strong and confident in his shot, and he's going to make you pay. Um, and, then, and then, you know, at the end of the day, like we've always said, there's such a good team. You do manage to get Steph to give up the ball. You just have to be really sharp on the back end and make sure that, you know, you end up with somebody that's an inferior player making a play, like a Michael Mulder, someone like a JTA, and stay glued to the ball doesn't circle around back to him and he can make you pay again. I think it's going to be a really interesting matchup to see whether or not there's of taking out of this ridiculous that he's been in for, you know, over a month now. Yeah. He's going to, he's going to try to shoot them into a win, right? Like that's really their chance here. Um, I don't think there's enough like talent there where they can win without him kind of scoring 35, 45 points. Um, but you were able to watch that full game today, right? Against Memphis. Um, Steph versus Memphis. I didn't um, watch well, the entire thing, but I watched it. Okay, so like watching watching against Memphis, just seeing how they defended him. Uh, now the Lakers are gonna have a few days to kind of scout this, I guess. And again, I don't know how much they need. They played him three, four times, three, four times this year. Um, but just watching them try to defend, try to trap him, and just like relax after giving up the ball, right? Like I saw Jaron Jackson Jr. do that a lot. They really picked on him. I thought at the top of the key. Um, I just don't see that happening. I guess with the look, if Steph's going hot, you got to trap him. You have to get the ball out of his hands. And I think that's what they're going to try to do. And KCP, Alex Caruso, like we touched on before, they're probably one of the best guys being able to chase over screens, right? Steph's not going to stop moving. He's going to keep firing um, even if he starts off slow. But I guess that's that's the way you got to do it. You got to get the ball out of his hands. Make, make Juan Toscano Anderson, make Andrew Wiggins, make all those dudes make shots. Now, Wiggins made shots tonight. Jordan Poole had a really nice game for them. Um, but I guess that's the key there is uh, try to get them to slow down. Steph's going to do what he does. I think he's still going to get his 30. I'm um, just trying to make him work for it. I guess, and that's how you have to defend him. That you're gonna have to defend Steph. He doesn't have Clay Thompson next to him, right? So this is where you have to try to trap him hard, get the ball out of his hands. Uh, make I don't know how much they're gonna try to switch with AD at the top with him, uh, but I guess that's that's the only way to defend him. Is there anything else uh, you see from them on the offensive end that the Lakers might have trouble trouble stopping? I guess for them, I'm not even sure that I would do any switching um, with AD involved. Uh, first of all, I want to say that you know you know, it is barbecue chicken or anything like that in matchup in that matchup. Cause he's not, AD can hold his own in that matchup, but I just think it's inviting a risk. That's not necessary. It's like, it's like not fouling yeah. at the end of a game when there's, when you're down three or when you're up three, it's like, yeah, like you, you're probably going to get a stop. It's like, why even chance if you feel like you got guys that can knock down free throws, just commit the foul and go home a winner. You know what I mean? And that's kind of the way I see it with the, with the, with the staff stuff. Trap the living out of him. And I would literally say we are going to go down. If we lose, it's going to be because Michael Mulder made a ton of shots. Now, first of all, as you and I have talked about, the the Lakers are the best trap and recover team in the league. They haven't always shown it. 
in large part because of the inconsistent um, uh, defense that can show up every once in a while or they just mail it in. Uh, but that's, that's always been their calling card. And the, the only difference is, is it's not like it is with Harden where you can trap him, he gives up the ball, and he backs away to half court. You have to remember that Steph, you are not safe until literally you have secured the rebound. That is when you can finally relax on Steph Curry defensively. You can, you can, he can fake like he's out of the play for 20 seconds and then just break open at the right moment and make you pay. And so that'll be the key difference, the way they've guarded, you know, Dame and, and James Harden, guys who are less, you know, they're less, you know, at, the, at making, making you pay for trapping them. You know, because Steph has been getting trapped basically ever since the 2000 finals. Uh, you know, or even prior to that, excuse me, in 2015 against the men, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, like he's just been seeing nothing but traps nonstop. Now he's playing with inferior teammates, but at the end of the day, like, you know, these guys are pros. And if you don't, if you're not sharp on the back end there, you will get beat. Uh, but I think it's going to be really interesting to see how committed they are to the trapping and if they're consistent and sharp. You know, if they are sloppy with it or if they go switches with AD, I think you run the risk of Steph getting hot, at which point anything can happen. I, you know, I have the utmost respect for Steph. I think he's the second best player in the league. I've been unbelievably impressed by the way he's played this season. I think the Lakers need to approach this game Wednesday as if they're going against a peer and not against someone that's beneath them because I think they are very, very capable of losing this game. I, I, that's how much I respect Steph, and that's how much I respect Steve Kerr in this Warriors defense on green. And, and I, and I really, I really hope, I really hope the Lakers come at it with a sense of urgency and I hope they don't come in kind of lackadaisical. Yeah, for sure. I don't think they're going to treat this as some like walk, walk over win, right? They, they know who people, everyone knows who Steph is, Draymond, they know their body of work. Um, and again, look, we can talk like X and O's and everything and, uh, and like what they can do defensively. But we talk about all the time, basketball is not played on like a spreadsheet or on like coaches boards, right? It's played on the floor. Mm. And, like, in a one-game sample, anything can happen. Steph can go crazy. He can have 45, and they can win. Like, that that could legitimately happen. Like, Steph is that good where he can win you the game. I just don't – I just think the Lakers would be pretty heavily favored um, in this one. But definitely that, that can happen in, in a one-game play-in sample. That's why you wanted to stay out of this. Like, well, I was hoping Denver could could win tonight, but that didn't happen. So, uh, but, yeah, Steph can definitely win. I think they'll go into it serious. Um, LeBron looks ready, right, like not piggybacking off tonight. But he just looks ready to go. I thought he was very serious. Um, he was talking to Schroeder and all those guys about kind of defensive kind of rotations and stuff like that. The team's ready to go. I think they'll treat this as a playoff game, as they should. It is a playoff game because you don't want to go into that 9-10 uh, winner matchup. Um, so, yeah, I think they'll take it serious. And, again, like there's not – I don't know what else we can kind of go go into there because it's going to be a one-game sample. They're going to have to defend Steph and kind of make those other guys shoot. And I think if they do that, they'll win. Um, I feel like they'll win pretty comfortably. <laughs> In my opinion, I just think LeBron and AD will be ready to go um, by that time, by Wednesday, ready to ready to ramp it up and get into, get into the playoffs. Yeah, so I think we can, you know, in summation, just say the two things that we're keeping an eye on the most will be how successful the Lakers are with their trap and recover, uh, whether they can get Steph, quote-unquote, out of the game or at least as close as you can, uh, or if it ends up burning them, or if they're sloppy and they let Steph get off anyway. And then on the defensive or on the offensive end, I think the the thing we're going to be watching is, is that the, the Warriors are a, 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 a top tier defensive team, 
and the, and the Lakers play without a ton of spacing. And so I, th- I think those will be the things that, that we have to keep an eye on. Um, but I agree with you. It's a one game sample. You know, th- there's a hundred different ways this game can go. And it's not going to be like a series where you have the X game and the Y game and the Z game and the A game and the B game and the C game. And you look back on the series and you're like, wow, every game was like different than the others, you know, like, it, like we've seen so often in the past watching NBA playoffs. So, you know, this is just going to be, you know, God knows what's going to happen. And, 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 and the Lakers are just going to have to be on their toes. Now, thankfully, in terms of their preparation and effort, you know, you know who has a great deal of respect for Steph Curry too is LeBron James. You know, this is a guy that who, who I mean, it's not as simple as losing to Steph, but he has lost to Steph three times in the playoffs and, 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 been, sent, and been sent home uh, by him and his teammates. Uh, but the point is, is, you know, LeBron has a great deal of respect for Steph. And, and I'm, I think that he's going to ha- have those guys ready to go. Um, but, yeah, dude, that's all I got uh, in terms of, uh, of, of prep for this game. Uh, if you want to get some guests on here, we can take some questions. Yeah, if uh, people want to get the request in, we'll get a, get a few people up here. I guess my last thing on this, like my biggest concern with this team, just all year, right? I think today was like the 26th game that Schroeder, LeBron, and AD have played together, right? And today was uh-huh. like the third third game with with Drummond and the, and all those starters. So I guess that's my biggest worry going to a one game playoff. That Warriors team, even though they're really shorthanded, they've kind of been playing together for a little while, right? They've built a little mm-hmm. bit of chemistry together. Um, and Steve Kerr, I think, is short in the rotation. Um, I think I was talking to some Warrior fans, and they said Steve Kerr is short in the rotation for like a few months now. They've been playing like eight nine guys. Um, and they might get Ubre back as well by, the, by that playing game. I'm not really sure, but that's my biggest worry here is just that com- that chemistry is not. 100% there. Yeah, the Lakers have the talent level to win this game pretty comfortably, in my opinion. It's just that chemistry, knowing where everyone is, especially like if they get down, where the rotation should be, kind of being locked in in that respect. I think they'll be locked in mentally. It's just locked in as a team together, right? That's a little different. Um, so that, that's my only, I guess, biggest concern with this like one game playoff, right? When you get a series to kind of set it down, it's a little different. You can re- not relax in game one, but you know, you can kind of feel things out, experiment lineups. You can't do this with this kind of game. It's a game seven to me because you don't want to go into that last game. So I guess that's my uh, final concern. And then, uh, yeah, Chad, do you have anything else from, from this series? Yeah, yeah. the, the last thing I was just going to say was just to, just to follow up on what you were saying. is just like uh, the Lakers have a talent advantage, a clear talent advantage. Um, but the, the Warriors have been playing better basketball for, for the last month. And a lot of that has to do with injuries. Like I'm not glossing over the obvious reasons why the way things are that they are. Um, but let's let's call it what it is. The the, the for the last month, their you know their last twenty games, they have been a bona fide, you know, championship contender type of team in the way that they've played on both ends of the floor. Now you could call that strength of schedule. You could call that them capitalizing on injured teams that aren't playing all their guys. There's a bunch of of you know underlying context there. However. You can't argue with the results. And the point is, is the, the advantage the Warriors have coming into this game is that they're playing damn good basketball right now. And, you know, the Lakers have won five in a row as well, but they've, they've had three cakewalks in that, in that stretch. And so what you hope is that the Lakers' talent in this recent stretch of winning, even though it's been a little sloppy on the defensive end, you hope that that can overcome the month or so of quality basketball that this inferior team has been playing. But you know what, dude? I cannot wait. For that game, that is going to be one of the more entertaining NBA games uh, of this last decade. I, I, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, but yeah, let's get some people on. 
Yeah, it's probably not to talk about ratings, but probably be one of the most <laughs> rated playoff playoff games uh, in total, right? Just LeBron Steph um, going oh, yeah. at it in a in a one game off kind of game seven feel. Um, so I guess we can start with uh, Pedro here, and again, get your request in. See how many we can get you tonight. Um, it's just kind of it's well, nine is not too late, but uh, yeah, we go for like twenty minutes. Going. Yeah. Yo, what's up, guys? What's going on, hey, Pedro? Man? So, uh, we kind of talked a lot about the Warriors, but I was kind of wondering, do you guys know what seed we would be playing in the second round if we win Wednesday? So, if we win Wednesday, it's really simple. We play the, the, the Suns in the first round, and if we beat the Suns, we play the winner of, uh, of Portland and Denver. So, like I said, that's the other angle of this Wednesday game that makes it so important, is it's the difference between going – through what would probably be the ideal path through the playoffs, you know, facing the Clippers in the finals or Western Conference finals, I should say, and then facing two inferior teams in, in the in the second round, and then oh, a first round, sure. opponent, and then a first round opponent that is a really really bad matchup. Uh, the Lakers are a bad matchup for them in the sense that they can't they really can't guard Anthony Davis. You know, if they lose on Wednesday and they have to beat you know Memphis or San Antonio on Friday, then you're looking at Utah in the first round who has been the best record in the league this year and someone that is probably matches up with the Lakers a little bit better um, uh, than the Suns do. And then you have to play the Clippers in the second round. Uh, so all, all around, all around this Wednesday game carries up the utmost importance for the Lakers, you know, plat- pathway through all of this. Yeah, that for sure. Yeah. Then, cause that would really make the pathway a lot easier. Nuggets mm-hmm. and Suns. Right. I feel like both of the Clippers and Lakers kind of got what they wanted, I guess. Other than the playing game, I don't think the Lakers wanted to be in there. But going from yeah. Phoenix to, like, Denver and Portland, who are, you know, respectable, good teams, it's just in the second round, like, that's that's a pretty good choice. And then from there, you play the Clippers in the conference finals, and LeBron and AD should be in rhythm, right, going. The team should be in a really good flow by then. It's and over it a like month what, from now. Yeah. Yeah. So that looks like what both teams, well, at least the Clippers wanted because they kind of – Forced that to happen, right? And Denver kind of also <laughs> helped out in there. So, but it looks like they got what they wanted. Both teams are going to play in the conference finals, which I think is right, which is like which should have happened, right? That was the correct thing everyone would have predicted um, before the season. So, uh, it looks like we got it. Yeah, that yep, one uh, wrinkle that's going to be interesting. The, the Clippers, <laughs> the Clippers are sneaky geniuses here. You know, geniuses who tank. So there's they're they're playing with fate. Uh, but Utah, Donovan Mitchell has not played since his ankle injury. Donovan Mitchell has not played, and Mike Conley's barely played. Uh, and so there, there's the, Utah is not exactly sitting in a super confident position. If they have to play Golden State in the first, that is a, a much more dangerous series for them on account of their lack of health in the backcourt. And so there's a chance the Clippers could end up going, you know, Dallas and then Golden State, a team that I think they'd manhandle or Dallas and then Utah, you know, with a, so, like a relatively rusty backcourt. So the, the, the Clippers, you know, say what you want about the Clippers and the Nuggets, that, you know, they were smart to do what they did today. It just is, it controlled them and, and principle of intentionally losing basketball games. Yep, the basketball gods are watching, right, as, as they say in the other, in Laker Premier Podcast as well. So they're, they're testing fate here, testing karma, so we'll see. We'll see what's, what happens. All right. Thanks, guys. That was Thank you, the Pedro. question that I really had, was wondering about. Thanks. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right. Thanks.
Jordan, are you there? Hey, sorry, can you hear me? I can hear you. What's going on? Hey, what's man? up, Jordan? Hey, what's up, man? Um, I was just wondering, how confident are you guys in the Lakers uh, in the playoffs? If we go, if we beat the Suns, or if we beat the Warriors? Uh, I'll just put it flat, uh, uh, really simple. If they beat the Warriors on Wednesday, I think the Lakers. I think they have a very clear path through the first rounds, uh, uh, based sheerly on what they are right now. And then as soon as LeBron gets back in shape, which again, like I was telling Rod just a second ago, that Western conference final series is probably five weeks away at this point. Right. So that's a lot of time to really get your legs back underneath you and and playing not in a regular season schedule where you're, you know, barely even motivated to, to sweat on any given night. He's going to be playing, real high leverage basketball games for five weeks going into that stretch. So I, I think if they can get through the, the Warriors on Wednesday, which I do not think is a guarantee, uh, I think I think they're sitting really pretty uh, to go on a run here and win this thing. And I think it should be the Vegas favorite if they win on Wednesday. Oh, cool, man. Sure, sweet. Yep, I feel the same way. Uh, as long as they're healthy, we've been talking about that all year. Um, they seem like to me. I think the Western Conference is a little tougher than a lot of people make it seem like. Uh, I still think Denver and Portland are respectable teams, but the Lakers, if they have, uh, if they have health on their side, they have the talent on their side as well. And uh, me and Jason talked about it a lot. The Clippers are the main team, right? That worries us, and I think we still kind of feel that way. And especially mm-hmm. if the Clippers, if the Clippers get to the Western Conference Finals, that means they're rolling too, right? Like yep. they played well, they were able to knock two teams out the playoffs. I think that's going to be a hell of a fight. Like I would still pick the Lakers um, by a margin. But uh, I think I think that would be a really tough series. Um, but I'm still confident that they can get there. If they can at least get there, they have a, that means they have a shot. Cool, Les, man. Uh, my question, yeah, it was pretty short, but uh, thanks for thanks for uh, answering it. Thank you for appreciate hopping it, on, Jordan. Thank we you. appreciate it. Cool, yeah, man. Think, have a good night. You too, man. I, I think uh, I think it'll be interesting. You know, when when we speak confidently about the Lakers, you have to remember that <laughs> these other teams all have flaws too. You know, and, you know, the Lakers flaw, the one that everyone was pointing to all season was, well, what about LeBron's ankle? Well, what about AD, you know, and his Achilles? And both of those seem to be non-issues at this point. So you're diving into a Clippers team that, you know, they've been a little bit better at pressuring the rim lately, but they're not a great rim pressure team. And they tend to really stagnate in the clutch and they rely too heavily on isolation. And and there are a lot of reasons that they could fall apart defensively. They haven't been nearly as sharp as some of the other contenders you know, we've talked a lot about Brooklyn and their flaws and Milwaukee and their flaws. Like all these teams have have just a laundry list of items that could get them beat. And the Lakers have some items on that list, too, but they have less. They have fewer of those items and their stars look healthy. And there's there's reason to be optimistic is all I'm trying to say. Uh, yep, I agree. Uh, let me get our Sean up here. Yeah, all this stuff is gravy, right? LeBron looking like himself and AD looking like himself is pretty much uh, what we needed these these last few games. It's like it's connecting. Let's see if I can get uh, Jalen up here while the other one connects. Can you hear us, Jalen? Yep. Can you hear me? Yeah, what's up, man? Yeah, so I just had one quick question, or just one quick question that you guys might, for your perspective. 
Um, for the game on Wednesday against the Lakers, I, I mean, I'm sorry, against the Warriors, for you personally, what would your ideal rotation look like? So Raj and I talked about this a lot. I think we both like to see a lot of AD at the five, um, but my guess is that they'll start big um, because the Warriors start big. They start Kevon Looney at center. Um, and so my guess is that the Lakers will attempt to physically dominate them. Um, I just hope that if they are unsuccessful in physically dominating that they quickly audible. As far as that, uh, outside of that, I think, Raj, you can dive into a little bit that I think it'll look a lot like it did tonight in terms of the guys who got DMPs. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think that it'll be like a shorter rotation like we saw tonight. Uh, we didn't see Trez tonight, and he might play against the Warriors, but I kind of expect him uh, to not play either either then and no bad Macklemore either tonight. We got some West Matthews minutes, but I think we'll pretty much stick to the core of a Caruso, KCP, um, Kuzma, and all just like the main core guys. And then uh, I think Drummond will still start, but I think he'll get a quick pull. But I, I expect Marcus All to play a lot and just go with that 8-9 man rotation and treat that as like a game seven. And I feel like they will. Um, so yeah, I think we'll see a short rotation. They'll see if that starting lineup works. If not, I think Vogel will get a quick pull. But I would like to see Marcus All, Andre Drummond, and then AD at the five. And I think we know like what the wings, uh, who the wings are, and and of course LeBron. Uh, that that's what I would see as a rotation. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks guys. Thank you, Jalen. Thanks, Jalen. See if we can get Arshon back up here. Hey guys. Good, man. How are you? Doing well, thanks. I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on what you see as Montrez Harrell's role moving forward. Um, I think at the beginning of the season, we all had some ambitions for him, and we knew that he was limited defensively. But how are we going to incorporate him? Do you think it's important to do so? Do you think that if he doesn't get time, he's going to kind of act up on the bench? Uh, Just wanted to get your idea on that. Well, for, for, for starters, I think, I think uh, we all got to give Montrez his roses for really, you know, uh, it, it doing what we all hoped he would do this year, which was eat innings in a short turnaround season where we expected some LeBron AD health issues. I don't think we expected this, but we expected some issues in that department. And, and Montrez did an amazing job. But uh, uh, at this point in the season, I think Raj and I talked about this a lot. I think it's all about matchups. I think he plays a lot against Phoenix. I think there's an opportunity to play him against Golden State. Anybody that doesn't use a big bruising center, I like the option. But if he's going against, you know, Nurkic or, or, or Jokic in the second round, I don't think you can play Montrez. You know, if, if it's like going against Gobert and Gobert is just getting offensive rebounds over the top of him because he's not a great, you know, box out big, there are going to be matchups where I think you just can't play him. Uh, as far as his attitude, I think I he he got. I, I think he's had some DMPs this year already, and I think he kind of understands how that works. Uh, also, Frank Vogel deserves a ton of credit for just being extremely professional and straightforward with his players as it pertains to the rotation. He'll go up to him and he'll say, "Hey, Trez, you're not playing." In this. Uh, like it won't be something that surprises him or where he sits on the bench just hoping he gets his number called. Like he's going to have a very transparent coach who will then turn around in the next series and go, hey, guess what? You're playing with the second unit in this series. You're going to play 25 minutes a game probably. Like, you know, he's going to be all in the loop, so I think his attitude will be fine. What do you think, Raj? Yeah, this is like this is not the team where people really can pout, right, about minutes and things like that. You're on a championship team. Like, the minutes get allocated how they are. Um, and we saw last year as well, Vogel was able to kind of 
um, choose who he wants to play in each series. I mean, JaVale started every single game um, in the in the regular season, and he was benched for a lot of series in the playoffs. I'm not – like, Trez is another guy. Like, I, I defend Andre Drummond, and I'm on Trez is another guy. Like, it's really easy to see what he doesn't do, right? Like, it's a really easy thing to do is just be like, he's not this big defending – he's not this big paint defender. He's not this – really great passer, you know, out of the post. or He's not this great switchable defender, but he's a really nice finisher down low. He's a guy that punishes small guys uh, when teams try to go small, small ball five. And I think that is useful in a playoff series. Like, that's just another weapon you can kind of throw out there. Now, is it more situational than a lot of other players? Yeah, for sure. But he still has, like, a really nice use on this team. I think against a team like Phoenix, who goes with Dario Saric as a, at the five, that's a nice nice team to kind of play him with, right? Uh, let's say we can't get any offense going. We just throw Trez in there, try to muck things up down low, get to the free throw line, get finishes at the paint if they're trapping really hard. Like, I think that he's going to play in the playoffs. I'm not as much as he did in the regular season. Jason, I think you put it perfectly. He's an innings eater, right, mm-hmm. uh, in the regular season. And I think he did his job, right? Like, he Lakers are in the playoffs, uh, not the best seed, but they're the seventh seed. And he really carried uh, a lot of the offense when uh, LeBron was out. Um, even when Schroeder was out and, and we only had like a few guards able to run the offense, he, he really got points for us and when we needed it, kept us alive, kept us afloat, um, kept our energy in a lot of games when we didn't have it. So he, he deserves credit for that, and I think there are places to play him, and I think he'll play. Um, we saw him play uh, the other night yesterday. I forgot who it was already, but <laughs> he got minutes against, against them. So he'll, he'll get minutes in the playoffs, but it'll be, it'll be situational. I just think there's, there's things he does well that people just do not see sometimes. And again, even yeah, if he doesn't play another minute at all in the season, he deserves what he did for us in the regular season. And he was a big part of the, the them floating the boat here in the reason in our 10 seed right now. Absolutely. Yeah, Rock, I, I, uh, just to follow up on that really quick, I do, I agree with you. I think with this team, it's, it's tough to kind of say that you deserve a certain role or that you should be playing all the time. But we do see that. I feel like a little bit more this season than we have in other seasons because we do have at the beginning of the season, we wanted Schroeder to start when maybe a more Avery Bradley type defensive guard would have been better next to LeBron playing point guard. We've had Drummond come in and have some disappointing games and still, and keep that starting spot. And then Trez obviously coming off the six man year and, and being one of the better finishers in the league around the rim. So I do think it's been a little bit tougher to manage that rotation this year than it was last year, just because it seemed like last year everyone kind of accepted their role and was good with what they were doing. So I wonder if you think that's any different. I mean, I understand there is this championship culture, but do you think that's any different this year? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for starters, last year the Lakers were picking up J.R. Smith and Dion Waiters off of, uh, off of the waiver wire at the end of the season. You had... Kyle Kuzma wasn't in Kyle Kuzma is, is I know it, it probably won't manifest in the numbers, although his three point percentage is up, but Kyle Kuzma is a significantly better basketball player this year than he was last year because he's become so solid at doing all of the little things you need a role player to do to be impactful. And so that, that is complicated things. Like last year, there were a lot of games where they just went away from Kuz and went to Marquise Morris you know, uh, uh, in, in, in those lineups because Marquise was a little bit more dependable as a veteran and was knocking down threes. And so the point is, is like just in general this year, the Lakers have more options that they didn't have last year. So that complicates things. But again, I think encounter that with professionalism. I think, I think if you're Ben McLemore and you sign a minimum contract to come play for the Los Angeles Lakers, who are contending for the championship and already have five guards that they're playing in their rotation. Like you knew what you signed up for. 
You signed up for inconsistent minutes. You signed up for if I'm having a bad game, I might not see the floor again. That's kind of part of the deal. All these guys knew what they were signing. If there's anybody that could uh, could, could, com- compl- could complain at all, it's Marcus Gasol, you know, because he was getting pursued by some other teams, and the Lakers really, really wanted him, signed him to a two-year deal, and then they're all all the buzz around the trade deadline was the Lakers need another center, the Lakers need another center, and then they go and sign Andre Drummond. So that was that to me would be the one guy if you're and and he just has been such a pro about it. He's just been a pro. So uh, I, 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 I've been really impressed with just the way the whole organization has behaved and what is a, a complicated situation, like you say. It's hard to make these decisions. Right, and then, like, really quickly, like, we, a championship kind of hides a lot of things. Like, we forget a lot of things because of the end result, right? Like, the championship was there, so it feels like everything else was just soft and roses up to then. And, look, last year's team was special. I'm not doubting that. They were great. I think they had the one seed locked up by, like, five games. But, uh, like, we forget, like, they were playing Rondo a lot of minutes like, I thought when he wasn't playing well, right, still getting, like, experimental minutes with him. We played a lot of Deion Waiters um, in the seeding games, and Deion Waiters really never touched the floor that much in the playoffs. We played a lot of J.R. Smith as well. So, you know, there, there were players that we saw play that just did not play again in the playoffs due to situation and all that. JaVale McGee, another guy as well. So I, I think it is – last year, um, maybe it wasn't as, as much as this year, but still, I think they both had uh, players that, again, like, in the playoffs, every series is – is different, let alone like the whole playoffs compared to the regular season. Each series has its own things that it's going to need. So uh, that's where I think the similarity is there from from last year. It's it's not too off for me. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good night and let's get this win. <laughs> Heck yeah, it. man. We'll see you on Wednesday, hopefully. All right. Let's see. We got. Sally, are you there? Let's try to get uh, Bashir here as the other guy's connecting. And it looks like he left. No worries. We'll get someone else up here. (laughs) Krishna. Let's see if Krishna is there. Are you able to hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yes, how's it going? Yeah. Uh, like, I just wanted to know your like your opinion on the role of Schroeder. I think it's better off if he comes off the bench. What do you guys think about it? And, like, I'm not a big stats man, but, uh, like, he has passed the eye test on the defense. But uh, I think uh, somewhere I saw, like, stats, like, halfway through the season where we had, like, better defensive things with him on the bench than... Uh, so, if you could just check it on, like, about his three-point shooting thing. And especially if you're going to play Drummond with the spacing thing, do you see, like, if it's better if he comes off the bench or something? So, with Schroeder, uh, the defensive numbers are a little bit tricky when you evaluate on-off um, because of going against the team's starters versus going against their bench lineups. So, for instance, Dennis Schroeder starts – and he primarily plays against the other team's starters. So naturally, it's going to be harder to get stops against that group than it would be against bench lineups. I mean, that's why defensive metrics are so convoluted and why it's so difficult to use defensive metrics to, to draw a line between different players. And uh, uh, as far as Dennis Schroeder goes, we have to kind of trust our eyes. 
He's extremely good at the point of attack. He, pr- he pressures the ball all game long. He's got an extremely good motor. He plays hard the entire game. And uh, he's good with his hands without fouling. He's, you know, we've seen him frustrate guys like Kyrie Irving, like we saw earlier this year. Dennis Schroeder is an absolute plus defender. The only weakness he has on the defensive end is going to be against bigger wings that try to attack him in switches. As far as him coming off the bench, we've talked about this, you know, dozens of times on this podcast. But the truth of the matter is, is he deserves to start because of how good he is defensively. And it's very important to him, obviously, with his, the way he has behaved in interviews and stuff during the season. It's very important to him that he starts. It's, it's part of his ego, which is fine. He's, he's Dennis Schroeder. He's a very, very good basketball player. He should have an ego. But at the end of the day, like, I think we can be, I think we can be confident in one thing with this group, and it's that Dennis Schroeder is going to start. That's just, that's just the way it is. Uh, uh, they, they may go to a quick hook. They may not use him in key lineups, but he's going to start. And as long as teams aren't attacking him in switches with bigger offensive players, I think he'll be on the court for all their most important lineups. What do you think, Raj? Yeah, I agree with that. And I also think, like, it gives them another shot creator, right? Like, I think that's important for this team, yep. especially if you start Andre Drummond, Anthony Davis, other guys that really you just don't – that don't have the ball like that, aren't creating shots. Um, and, and, like, touching on his three-point shooting, I think it's more streaky, right? Like, he can hit open threes. Um, he doesn't hit him at a huge rate, but he started hitting his threes a little bit more tonight. But I just think that ball handling, and then you touched on his defense. Um, his defense has been too good just to bench. So um, to, just putting that together, you get all that defense, plus you get that shot creation, be able to be able to hit shots from mid-range, be able to play in the pick and roll. LeBron doesn't have to um, run the offense the full time um, all game. And I think that's really important. I think that's why he'll continue to start. If you start a guy like Casey, like Caruso, you can close with him. But if you start with him, you really just have the ball in LeBron's hands. Um, the whole time um, that he's that the starting lineup is playing, I think that's just a huge wear and tear on him. So that's why I like Shooter starting, and we've touched on this many times. He's earned that line that starting lineup, like you said. Yeah, and then as far as Drummond goes, we talked about him a lot earlier in this pod. So when we, uh, um, uh, if you hang out about an hour after this, if you look at one of our Twitter feeds, you'll see a link to the to the podcast. You can kind of listen to the in depth version. But the short version is is that. It's kind of similar to the Schroeder thing. We expect Drummond to start kind of per some sort of agreement when he signed. Um, and we just kind of hope that that uh, uh, Vogel, if he identifies that he's hurting spacing and that he's not being a dominant physical presence, that he'll just take him out of the game quick. Uh, not entirely unlike he used to do with JaVale McGee last year, who would play basically the first few minutes of the game and the first few minutes of the second half and then not see the floor the rest of the game. Um, so I'm, I'm not terribly worried about uh, where he fits in the rotation. It's really easy to kind of manipulate rotations to get your best players on the floor. Uh, you know, like we saw last year, just when, when push came to shove, it just ended up being Alex Caruso, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, you know, LeBron, <clears throat> Markeith Morris, and Anthony Davis. Like it just, regardless of who started, that just kind of ended up being who was on the floor when it mattered. You know, that's, that's, that's where Frank's uh, power really comes into play. Yep. Uh, anything else for us, Pressman? Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Uh, thank thank you. you. Appreciate it. Uh, I think we have. Or, I think we have one more here. Cool. Let's do one more, and then we'll see you guys on Wednesday night. George, are you there? Yeah. Can you hear me? We can hear you. What's going on, man? Ah, yeah. So, 
Yeah, this is a very interesting season that we had here. So absolutely, yes, we just need to really just enjoy this moment. It's very much very uh, dicey, <laughs> but uh, yes, we just have <laughs> we need, we just know that we do have LeBron James. So just going to my question, I'm just uh, curious, what's the who will guard Steph Curry here? Because I think maybe Schroeder would be will be starting or. Because I'm, I saw just the game earlier that Dylan Brooks was the one that's guarding Steph Curry. He's a bigger dude. So, do do the Lakers consider Wes Matthews? And of course, KCP would be there. Of course, yeah, that's it. So I think it's going to be KCP for the most part. He's the Lakers' best lock and trail defender. It's his best skill defensively. Um, I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if Schroeder, you know, kind of advocated for himself in the in the planning for this game to try to be the one who guards Steph. Uh, but I think that would be a mistake. I don't, I think he's a little bit slender and I think it's a little bit easy to pick him off with screens. So I think the guy, I think the guy they're going to try to throw at him is KCP. But at the end of the day, like if Steph plays, you know, 42 minutes, which he probably will in that game, uh, you're going to have to probably put multiple bodies on him. Uh, I, I like Wesley Matthews. He's a little bit bigger and he's a little bit more susceptible to getting caught on screens, but he's definitely an option. Uh, Caruso would be another guy I think that would be great to throw at him. What about you, Rush? Yeah, I think they're going to pretty much try to mirror um, KCP with Steph's minutes, similar how they did, I think, uh, when he was guarding Devin Booker. Uh, Steph's not the same defense, same player as Devin Booker, but just keeping them on, just keeping that same kind of matchup with them. Other guys will obviously get a turn on him, but I think KCP is like our best guy that chases dudes around screens, and that's how Steph kind of gets a lot of his shots um, coming around screen actions, coming uh, – through picks and all that, so I think I think he'll get most most of the minutes. West is another guy you can throw him in as throw him as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, you want speed on Steph and try to get as much size on him as well. And I think KCP is probably the best blend of that. Uh, Alex Caruso as well, another guy in it. And like basically, you also have to have your bigs going up, right? And this is not no this is not a one on one kind of matchup here. Like they're not playing mono mono here. Like you need your bigs to be able to come up and help and recover. That's that's who you need really um, playing well. Uh, you need like Andre Drummond, Anthony Davis, everyone to be in sync on what the coverages are uh, against Steph, or else he'll burn you. Um, like he definitely can. So that, I think KCP will get the main assignment, but you'll have your bigs and all that be a huge part of the the equation. The Lakers have done a good job on Steph this season uh, in their three matchups. He's shooting. Let's see. He's shooting. He's averaging twenty three points per game in the three matchups. He's shooting forty two point three percent from the field and 34.6% from three um, with uh, three rebounds and five assists. He, I, that, to me, mostly comes down to, to KCP. KCP, if, if I, will, I think Raj and I are both going to dive into a lot of film over the next few days of this particular matchup. But yeah. uh, from what my brain, what I remember from those games is KCP doing a really nice job on Steph. And I'm, I'm really interested to see what you and I find as we dive into the film a little bit this week. Yep, I agree. So yeah, Is that yeah. All we got? yeah. So yeah, basically, yeah, we do have four guards to yeah to face in Turkey, and maybe if really this is really close game, maybe LeBron would yeah take the challenge as he usually does in previous games. Yeah. So yeah, basically that's it. So yeah, I appreciate everything to you guys. That's all. Thank, thank you, man. We appreciate, appreciate you. That's actually an interesting uh, little wrinkle. There is the idea of LeBron, and we talked about that earlier. The Lakers could start to switch some of these screens. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think anytime you leave Steph in isolation, even though it may not be a high percentage shot on a possession by possession basis, you run the risk of him getting crazy hot, which can beat you in a one game setting. That's why I would, I would primarily trap him 
Um, uh, but having right. a guy like KCP that can stay attached to him so that that second defender that it gets involved in the trap can, can be a pest and the two of them together can hopefully force him into some turnovers and, and just make him in general be uncomfortable. I think, I think that's all part of the, uh, the operation there. It's going to be a five man effort. There's no one man that's going to stop Steph Curry. I promise you that. Yep. Exactly. Jason, do you have time for a few more? We just got a couple more in here. Um, do you have time for a few more? Yeah, go ahead, man. All right, let's see. We got a Vinay up here, our friend Vinay. Hey there, Raj. Hey there, Jason. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Just wanted to uh, jump in here. I know I know, I haven't been here uh, in a while. I've been listening to you guys in the background, uh, jumping around into different spaces and listening to people talk. I don't know if you guys covered this because I may have been elsewhere, um, but I'm curious. Uh, do you think the war? I, I have my opinion, but do you guys think the the Warriors come out playing um, AD against Draymond in solo coverage, or do you think they're going to bring the double early? I think they'll start in solo coverage. I think Draymond. I think I think Draymond as an individual defender against AD will make him work and settle for a lot of jump sh- jump shots. I really believe he will. I think uh, I think that that is actually going to be a matchup that the Lakers would be smart not to overly rely on. Um, because I just think, I think Draymond in general has defended AD pretty well. What about you, Raj? Yeah, I agree with that. I think the guy that the double is LeBron right away in the post, but I think they'll try to at least see it. Now, if AD's cooking, then they'll send the double, but I just think for the post, for, for the most part, they're going to let Draymond try to just bump him. Draymond has every, every trick in the book, right? And he's like the small, tough guy. It's hard to kind of just bully him and, uh, try to, AD's going to try to shoot over the top of him and all that, but I, I think they're just gonna let that single single coverage um, and try to just double LeBron and see if that if that works out for them. What do you what do you think, Vinay? So I I, I think uh, I'm I'm in the same boat with you two guys. I I think they'll try single coverage on Anthony Davis. But if the game, it, you know, if he starts drawing like if he draws like a quick early foul on Draymond or if he gets like maybe one or two buckets, even if they're tough buckets, but if he gets to the rim, it, it's like how he gets to it, which is going to be probably the biggest concern for the Warriors. Um, if he gets to it real easy, they're probably going to bring that double early. Um, if, if it's a little tough, they may still bring it anyways, just to get the ball out of his hand. Because uh, they, may, they may think, uh, did Drummond play in that last matchup that we had against? We didn't, we didn't have him on the team, right? Uh, I don't think so. No, yeah, so, he didn't. Yeah, yeah so, so one of the things, um, not to take time away from anybody else, one of the things I've noticed is like, uh, AD likes to pass to Drummond like, with enthusiasm, like more oh, than yeah. he likes to pass to... Uh, more than he liked to pass to JaVale and, and pass and pass to uh, who am I thinking of Dwight and um, that's been like a wrinkle to his passing like it, the enthusiasm behind it and like he's like high fiving him on the way back and like you know they're acting like these the Bash brothers or something like that you know just <laughs> enjoying enjoying doing what they're doing so I I always I've, I'm curious that I I wonder if 80s sort of passing acumen has improved because he's he's passing to somebody he likes. And uh, I wonder if he'll try and take advantage of that a little bit more. I, I thought I saw it in the Pacers game. I felt like I saw it a little bit in the Pelicans game too as well today. So I, I'd be curious if that's a new wrinkle that, that people aren't ready for uh, when it comes to him. Because that's, that's a big part of unlocking like, you know, his complete package repertoire that we, that we want to see out of him. Yeah, we, we talked a little bit earlier about how um, Drummond getting a little bit more of a running start out of the dunker spot has kind of unlocked a little bit of his above-the-rim stuff. Um, because he's so sloppy when he's coming from a standstill position <laughs> and just doesn't tend to get any lift. Uh, but I agree with you. I, th- I think I think we're all lying to ourselves if we don't pretend that he really likes playing with Drummond. 
Um, the, the thing that's tricky is, the, like we mentioned at the beginning of the pod, the, the Warriors in this 20-game stretch where they've been 15-5, and five, uh, their most used lineup by a mile has been uh, with Kevon Looney at the five. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, like over 150 more minutes than any other lineup that they've played. And so, you know, it's very clear that the Lakers actually, for, or excuse me, the Warriors, for being a team that we always think of as playing small, they really play big with Looney a lot. But they like Looney on switches. They like him as a defender. Um, but I think I think that's an easy way to kind of throw matchups if Draymond Lombard AD is to go in a position where Looney comes on, or Draymond's on LeBron, or where it forces them to go to lineups that they don't like using with Draymond at the five, where all of a sudden LeBron's physical presence, his physical presence, just as big bodies around the rim become something that can really punish the Warriors because they don't have a center. So I, I think I think so much comes down to what they end up doing with Drummond in the rotation. But I mean, yeah, like AD loves playing with him, so I wouldn't be surprised if Drummond's heavily involved and plays 35 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and Drummond's like really good at like making himself available down low, right? He doesn't finish at a high enough rate that I would like, but he does make himself available. He's a big body, and I don't know if you, you saw this as well, Benet. Like I talked about this earlier, like his speed and his size, it really looks, it looks really good next to LeBron and AD, right? Like it, it seems to like extend. Like just make his attributes look a lot better. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't look as well without play, play, not playing with them. Obviously, everyone looks better next to LeBron and AD, but just his kind of skills and his talent, I feel like, just gets better playing next to them. Like his rebounding, his force down low, and yeah, it's pretty clear. AD and AD and LeBron recruited him here, right? And AD, I think maybe even a little bit more. Um, it's pretty clear they wanted to, <laughs> to play together, and I think they they're playing a little bit better. I thought the spacing was a little bit better tonight. Drummond got like four dunks. The Pelicans aren't, like, the best defense. But just seeing him, like, go up strong, actually dunk, was good. I think you're right. He is looking for him more. I don't know if that changes going to the playoffs, but it's definitely what's happening now. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. It's just a, it's just a you know, small observation. We, we haven't gotten a chance to see too much of LeBron, AD, and Drummond together. So yeah. it's been very interesting to see how much more of a, like, a let me attack the rim, draw the extra guy, and set up Drummond, as opposed to him trying to score over two people which is something that AD was trying to do a lot last season. So, right. um, you know, it, it, it's addition and, and then simplifying Drummond's role even further. So, yeah, that, that's all I had, guys. Thanks for taking my questions. Thanks, Vinay. We appreciate, appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, Vinay. Thank you. All right, we got one more. All right, this <laughs> Promise is actually it's the, last one. the last one. Actually the last one, yeah. <laughs> my guy, Michael, are you there? Hey, y'all hear me? Come on. Yeah, we can hear you. What's yes, going on? Man? How's it going? Hey, man, how's how y'all doing? We're doing good. Doing well. Um, you know, I don't have anything deep, or it's not even really Lakers specific. But as I was watching the game tonight, you know, I was really uh, when I was sitting there watching at the end of it, I just couldn't really believe like how happy I was to see the clock hit zero, and um, I just wanted to get y'all's thoughts on just this season in general or how y'all are going to remember it. Like, you know how they, they say the season is a marathon, not a sprint, but it felt like a marathon where you had to pull tires after a football practice. And, um, you know, there were some outside of like the playing tournament, Steph's season, obviously Randall season. Um, it just, I'm just so relieved. It feels like we're finally at like the starting line. And so I, I just wanted to get y'all's opinion on how y'all are going to uh, view this season, you know, regardless of the playoff outcome. 
Well, I mean, you said it best, man. Like it, it's been, it's just been one hell of a season. Uh, and, and from that standpoint, like, you know, uh, for them to be whole at this point after everything that's happened kind of feels like a miracle, <laughs> you know, like, uh, like we talked about how two weeks ago it was like absolute doomsday scenario. LeBron came back too quick from his ankle. AD looks completely washed. You know, Dennis Schroeder just got COVID. Like it was like all hell was breaking loose. And for them to actually kind of feel like they're whole right now, it just it just feels like an a- absolute victory. But I still think it's been a fun season. And I mean, it, and Raj, you could speak to this too, just because you and I have kind of been going down this path together. But like, you know, I'm a Le- I'm a LeBron fan. Everybody knows that. I'm from Tucson, Arizona. I, I don't I didn't grow up in an NBA city. I'm just a huge <laughs> I'm just a huge basketball fan. LeBron is the one who got me interested in the game, and that's how I became a fan of the Lakers. But you know, now that I with Raj have been covering the Lakers. Like I've fallen in love with this team. And what's been really cool is with LeBron being out, you know, like you really get to spend a good amount of time getting to know all of the other players in bigger roles and seeing what they're capable of and, and seeing that there's, you know, LeBron is the one who came in and kind of turned things around as we all know, but the Lakers have kind of formed a pretty awesome identity that starts with Rob and extends down to Frank and the rest of the guys on the coaching staff and extends in a professionalism throughout the roster that permeates through to Caruso and, and to Kuzma who's become such a savvy vet and, and to, you know, Jer- uh, to, to Dudley, you know, and, and everything that he brings as the, as the, just the, the lead by example type of guy. And, and I think it's been honestly one of the more fun seasons because there's been a ton of adversity. Like how much more boring now, obviously we probably prefer this for the, the actual prospect of winning a title, but how much more boring would this season have been if the Lakers just rolled, you know, like th- this, this season has been more interesting to say the least. I think you would agree with me, right, Raj? Yeah, for sure. And I, I love that, that you asked this because it's so interesting. Like what I was just thinking about is like, you take this sacrifice every time, but it feels like, that, that this regular season is kind of the sacrifice for the championship last year, right? Like there was no, um, there was no off season. They jumped right back into it. So you were going to give up like what this season could have been. Like we talked about it before the season started. I thought this was, this is the most talented Laker team that I've kind of seen. Um, I really get to watch the 2000 Lakers. So this is the most talented team I've seen just top to bottom. And it feels like it was separated into like three separate parts. Like, right. We had that beginning of the season. They started like 21 and six. And then um, AD goes down. And then we get, like, a LeBron MVP season. Like, I just – that's not what I was expecting at all. And we got a LeBron MVP season. And he goes down. And then we get this, like, amazing, like, developmental kind of season where we get to, like, throw THT and just let him kind of make mistakes and grow. And I thought that was really fun. And just see him kind of grow into the player he is now. And uh, you don't really get that. As Laker fans, we watch a lot of developmental years. we watching, like, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball. And it kind of reminded me of that, just seeing his potential kind of – um, get to where it is now. And now, like, it's all coming together. I don't know if we'll be able to see the full force of it. That's kind of how I'll remember this season is, like, three separate parts. Now that they kept a good defense through the whole thing, miraculously, somehow. But, like, just getting, like, a LeBron MVP season, that great start to it. And now this is, like, the, the final trimester of it where you get, like, that complete. And, look, look, most some teams don't get a chance to get going the playoffs healthy, right? Sometimes you just get injury-riddled seasons. Like, that happens. So we're lucky to even, like, get a full healthy season so that's how I kind of remember this into like few separate kind of parts and it's been fun um even though we didn't get the full kind of superstars playing every game kind of thing 
Um, I think it's been fun, and I think you've seen that impact throughout the league. You saw Miami start off slow, right? Um, Boston had a season from hell. They went late in the playoffs. All those teams kind of really started slow. Denver as well started really slow, and you saw the impact of that. So that's how to remember this season. Oh, well, y'all sound uh, y'all sound like y'all enjoyed it more than I did, which, <laughs> 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 which uh, you know, health health is the is the biggest thing. So that's the only win, it's the only yeah. W that we need. So uh, I appreciate y'all. Appreciate Thank you, you Michael. Brother. We appreciate you, man. We definitely had some frustrations for sure. It's probably the rosy, <laughs> the rosy picture of it. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, take- we're just trying to be positive here, man. <laughs> <laughs> y'all take care. Thanks, Appreciate Michael. it, Michael. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Um, I'm going to take my uh, almost 30-year-old ass to bed. Um, <laughs> I will have this posted on our podcast feed uh, either here shortly or first thing in the morning for those of you who missed out. Um, and then Raj and I will hopefully be doing another preview podcast on Wednesday night, hopefully for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, and hopefully not some sort of chaotic vent sesh where everybody's freaking out and we're trying to calm everybody down. But we'll see how it goes. Uh, but thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, guys.